0: The talk of the street is brought to you by Donahue Solicitors, an award-winning firm of expert compensation claims lawyers. Donahue Solicitors represents claimants throughout England and Wales in their civil actions against the police, data breach, personal injury and professional negligence claims. To start your compensation claim, go to www.donahue-solicitors.co.uk or call 8000 124 246 today.
1: Hey. Right, elephant in the room.
0: Best not here cos she's still annoyed with you. Best not the elephant. The elephant is what happened yesterday. Forget the elephant. Let's just move on and do what's best for Bertie. Hello, Bertie. Sounds good. I haven't finished yet. Okay. We can move on cos there's good news. We found the bags of Sinead's stuff. One of the guys at the centre finally found them.
1: That's brilliant. Wait, Sorry, have you finished? Uh, Pretty much. Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch-up podcast that for the last few weeks didn't think it could become any more frustrated with Daniel Bethany than it already was when, yeah, Yeah. I'm Gavin.
0: Oh, and I I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh.
1: Oh. A a stellar introduction.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, and I want to burn it all down.
1: You want to burn it all down? I want to burn
0: it all down. Burn what all down? Everything.
1: What? Coronation Street?
0: Alright, fine. Not Coronation Street. Coronation Street can stay.
1: Oh, you're getting the Benny Elton political monkey, aren't you?
0: Uh, It's it's not the only thing, but it's almost everything. Keeping it light. Keeping it light. Keeping it light. (laughs) Keeping it light. Burning it all down.
1: (laughs) We're all going to die from coronavirus anyway, (laughs) so who gives a fuck? We'll be dead before November. <laughs> Who cares?
0: Except for the kids. The no, kids I, will survive.
1: No, they'll be dead as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast about the dream that I had.
0: About, about, about people being <laughs> shot in the streets? I
1: had a dream about protesters being shot in the streets by the government. And I think... There's some point where it stops becoming a dream mm-hmm. and becomes a premonition, <laughs> and I think we're getting close to that line. <laughs> but I'm not getting political. I'm talking about the virus, so so this is really important because we're talking about Coronation <laughs> Street. <laughs> well, we're going to spend an hour and forty minutes together. To <laughs> Talking about important things, like Cornish and Street and weddings and and Tim's dad being a fucking tit. And
0: mm. Now there's somebody <laughs> who I hope gets the coronavirus.
1: How have you been this week? <laughs> I feel like Please I, I, don't ask. I'm obliged to ask.
0: It's, it's been a pretty shit week, let's be
1: honest. If for, if for nothing then, just to achieve at least eight minutes of light-hearted banter before we get stuck into this.
0: It's been a shit week. I'm <clears throat> I'm, I'm very sad about things in the world. <laughs> and it's still cookie season. And I've spent seven hours out in the wind <laughs> today. Silly. It was
1: much colder <laughs> today than I thought it was going to be. Because when I was doing SpongeBob with Stella last night, she said, mm-hmm. you've got this cookie booth to do tomorrow, and it's going to be 30 degrees. I was like, nonsense. It was 50 degrees and, today, it's and it's going to be 60 degrees on
0: Sunday. To, it's, it's going to be it's warm. It's going to be in the 50s
1: tomorrow and 50s 60s and Sundays. 60s, in March.
0: Climate change. It's so Yay. great.
1: If we're all going to die, <laughs> we, might, <laughs> we might at least be warm in March. <laughs> but yeah. But but we it are. was snowing. We're
0: how, just rays of sunshine
1: How many times has it snowed this year, do you think? I, I, I think three. Three or maybe four days. It Three was, serious days of snow.
0: It was hailing last night, a little bit. And it was like there were some flurries today, but it was nothing a little
1: bit, it was, it, was, it was quite heavy when I was going into work, but it kind of stopped pretty quickly after that. But I can't remember a, a winter that's had so little snow. The first couple of years, between November and maybe March, April, mm-hmm. it was an unusual day when it didn't snow. Not an awful lot, and it probably didn't lie, but it snowed every day. Yeah, that didn't happen this year. No, <laughs> I don't think it happened last year either. But, but this time it last time last year there wasn't last year. Last time last year at least it was like a foot of snow on the ground. But. Last year for our
0: huge Tony M's cookie booth, it was sleeting. Right, and the girls were miserable. Right, and I said I said to them today when they, when they would complain, I was like, "It's not nearly as bad as it was last year."
1: Mm-hmm because that, like that, really that makes, that makes
0: they don't remember they nope. don't remember that it was sleeting and horrible
1: and even if they did they don't care
0: yeah but and and uh poor mara was was not wearing snowshoes was was her poor feet were so cold and i was like well why didn't you wear and she was like you she's like i didn't know it was going to be this cold today
1: <laughs> you look at the window and our yard has no snow, no snow in it. Which is nope. very unusual for for a march. Eh. I'm not complaining, but I'm kind of freaked out a little bit, which is yes. accelerating my anxiety we're all gonna die. Thing. About
0: the whole mm-hmm. we're all gonna die.
1: At least Australia isn't on fire anymore. Well if it was, thank God for small well, you know, blessings.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. That's just five minutes. Do you have <laughs> do you have an extra three minutes of banter in your up your sleeve at all
0: yeah well i was talking about the cookie booth today Mm -hmm. i wore my i wore my dj lance hat to the cookie booth because i figured i would you know that hat that Kalen bought me for christmas
1: oh for fuck's sake
0: (laughs) you know the big fuzzy yellow hat Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm I'm, I'm familiar with it Mm -hmm. i was like hey people will notice this no kidding. So I put it on. I put it on and, and, and I wore my Liverpool scarf as well. So I had yellow on my head and red and white around my neck.
1: You're talking to someone who had to drive when you were sitting next to me <laughs> wearing that hat. It was a constant <laughs> distraction. How we survived the hat, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah.
0: My DJ Lance hat. Well, you know, we needed something because uh, we can't find our Uncle Sam costume. Because last year Diane wore the Uncle Sam costume and became Aunt Samantha. You know, I was waving to the cars as they went by and everything, and it was a huge hit. But we couldn't find our Uncle Sam costume.
1: So typically, this day in the cookie season, season is a is a good day because you're outside the uh, GM plant, pretty much, yeah. Where you're at least on two shift changes, so you have hundreds of people coming in, hundreds typically, of people coming yes. out. Did it? Was it? Unfortunately, how did, how did it go?
0: unfortunately, GM has moved from an eight-hour shift to a ten-hour shift. So we only had one shift change. Oh. And during that shift change at 5 o'clock, it was pretty good. And actually, it was pretty good. We had one guy come, like, in the middle of the day and bought $100 worth of cookies from one us. One guy? One guy.
1: Bought, what, 20 boxes of cookies?
0: He bought a bunch of boxes of cookies. He bought, like, eight boxes of Thin Mints alone. <laughs> and, and then, you know, thin we mints. have these uh, treats. Ironic. As well. Like, uh, we had these uh, chocolate-covered pretzels peppermint flavored pretzels and he bought a bag of those and he bought one of the mixed nuts too maybe it was the dill pickle peanuts or the thin mint almonds anyway anyway so it was it was not our best Tony m's year but it was pretty good and you know i i honestly think stella will hit a thousand boxes of cookies this weekend because she's already at 700 i think she's at least gotten 100 out of today and a hundred, and she'll probably get a hundred out of tomorrow because we'll be at Sam's Club tomorrow and then Sunday.
1: I'm wondering why, though, that GM goes to ten-hour shifts because that's that doesn't equal twenty-four hours because eight goes to sixteen, goes to twenty-four, right? But ten goes to twenty, goes to. Who knows what? why?
0: Who knows why GM? Who who knows why GM does what it does? It's probably due to tariffs or something and money
1: we're all going to die yes shall we preamble my dear <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes please
1: oh let's get some of those <laughs> tariffed cory newsies <laughs> that was so poor
0: that was poor Hmm. Some familiar faces from Corey have appeared in the short film, Chapter 2, colon, Zach. Yep. It's currently on Vimeo and stars Sally Ann Matthews, Brooke Vincent, Ryan Prescott, Rob Mallard, and Adam Blees, a.k.a. Silent Dirk. Our who favorite. is not so silent in the film.
1: Yeah, he has some he lines. He gets to speak. <laughs> he's Bravo, been in, Adam. He's been in uh, contact with us throughout the week just promoting this and, and we've been chatting back and forth about it and how much I enjoyed it and, and stuff. And it was really nice just to be you know mm-hmm. he thought, he thought to contact us. I yeah. think he's obviously been contacting other people but it's just right. nice to be part of yeah, the It was that lovely. List. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And it's a great film. Yes. <laughs> you haven't seen it.
0: I haven't <laughs> I've been really busy selling Girl Scout.
1: Cookies so there's part one and
0: being depressed about the election.
1: Chapter one live and then there was chapter two, Zach. Zach. And it's a story that's kind of about, it's right up your street, actually. It's uh, There's a car crash and uh, the survivors of the car crash have been taken back to these secret facilities to find out who knew what about what. But you don't really know what's really going on until towards the end of it. And even then you don't really know exactly what's been oh, going so on. Oh, so
0: that's why Brooke Vincent was all bloody. Right. Yeah. I've, it, I've seen that picture of her all bloody. And, and there's like, some oh.
1: VR stuff going on and there's mm-hmm. uh, the theme about your memory means Your 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 memory is what you are, basically. What the things that you remember equals what you are. So if you remember things then that's that's what makes you you who you are. Very interesting. It's very interesting. Mm. And it's very well acted. Excellent. But it's really strange watching Coronation Street. Actors, Actors in the roles. Out that, of context, yeah. because you, you kind of watch it and think, am I watching Coronation Street? <laughs> <laughs>
0: because there are so many of them in there.
1: Right, there's a good few of them.
0: Right, yes. Yeah, it's, it's So it's it's different from, say, some of the films that Ben Price has done, where it's just like Jack P. Shepard is the only Quarry person in well, there.
1: Well, yeah, and Jack P. Shepherd obviously isn't David in that. Yes, very much so. But Brooke Vincent and Sally Ann Matthews, through their dialogue, they're not mm-hmm. Sophie and Jenny. Right. But if you look at it and you kind of squint your eyes a little bit, it could be.
0: Hmm. Wouldn't th- that be weird? I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed it though. <laughs> it was,
1: the first one lasts for eight minutes, the second one, I think, is 15? maybe 15, 16 minutes. It's, it's well worth watching. So check it out.
0: Very interesting. It's on the Vimeo. Yep. Next. <sighs> <laughs> Peter Ash recently found out. (laughs) Let me finish. Peter (laughs) Ash recently found out he doesn't have wisdom teeth, and his girlfriend thinks this makes sense. Only one of us on the podcast thinks any of this is news. And I think y'all can figure out which one of us that is. We were
1: struggling for news, and I said, Well, well, Peter Ash mentioned this on Twitter through the week. Maybe you want to mention that. And you said, No, 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 no. That's not news. It's not. And yet, here we are.
0: Because you were so eager for me to say I couldn't care
1: less. Say something else. I don't care. (sighs) Finally. But here.
0: Finally, bringing it all back to the beginning of the podcast, it's been reported that a member of the cast has been self-isolating after a vacation abroad brought up fears of COVID-19, a.k.a. the coronavirus. However, a health professional has said that this person is not at risk and they will be returning to work next week. The official statement from the show has not named this person. In related news, handshaking has been banned on the sets of Corey and Emmerdale. They're all doing the Vulcan hello, which, by the way, last week when I was it, when I was trying to say that this was "I love you" in sign language, this is "I love you" in in ASL, not this.
1: Wait, so but the, I was, the,
0: the no, not not Hang Loose Hawaii.
1: No, no, I'm I'm, I'm doing the heavy metal thing. Yeah, but. That, that means I love you.
0: No, no, your thumbs wrong. Oh, my this, thumb needs to yeah, stick out. Yeah, okay. that's I love you.
1: That's that's hang
0: tight, isn't it? No,
1: bro. That's
0: that's ugh, slightly different as well. Like all of the fingers for hang loose Hawaii are, it's like this, I think.
1: You're not planning on teaching people sign language anything soon, are you? No. Good.
0: I don't know why I was doing the Vulcan symbol last week to you and saying, this is I love you in ASL. Because I know this is not I love you in ASL. That
1: means love long so- and prosper in ASL.
0: No. It's Vulcan.
1: For live love long, long and, and prosper.
0: prosper. Vulcan and ASL are two different languages. <gasps> there's... um.
1: Oh, there's more.
0: No, something... N- not Vulcan, but... Uh, recently I heard something is available in Klingon that really surprised me and now I can't remember what it is because there are like Klingon dictionaries and people in real life speak Klingon to one another at like conventions and stuff Klingon seems like a much harder language to learn than Vulcan because it's very guttural (laughs) and you're looking at me like I have six heads
1: no I'm just waiting for the point
0: and that's Corey News. <laughs> you deserve it for that whole Peter Ash thing. You
1: you chose to run with it. I didn't make you do that.
0: You kind of did. I didn't. You're like, oh no, we have to. You have to.
1: No, I said <laughs> you potentially have two items because I told you about the chapter two thing, and I told you about the the Peter Ash thing. Who doesn't have any wisdom teeth? Correct. Well done, Peter. Our mailbag <sighs> <laughs> every week. All I want is just a decent b- batch of Cory news.
0: You got a decent batch. Somebody has the coronavirus, but they're not but we saying don't, who. We don't know
1: who. it is. So.
0: <laughs> or somebody thought they might have the coronavirus and so put themselves in quarantine, but then health officials said they didn't need to. I don't know why they're they're not telling us who it is.
1: Who do you think it is? Uh, I don't. Don't I don't know. I need to go
0: on Instagram and see who's posted vacation (laughs) pictures recently.
1: Or mailbag, Chris. (laughs) Chris, I'm going to swear. I'm going to use uh, very, very aggressive swear words during this bit of mailbag.
0: It's. This is the show we're allowed to swear on. Yeah, it's fine.
1: But I've only said cunt once in this, and I'm going (gasps) to say it again. You just said it. 10 seconds time. So if you're listening with children. So you've said children, it twice. So if you're listening with children. You've Why said it three would you times.
0: be listening with children to this particular show? If you want to listen to one of our shows with children, listen to Sp- SpongeBob, SquareCast, or The Common Language. Okay. Not this one.
1: So Chris got in touch to say, just got to the end of Friday's episodes, and I think I said the word cunt more times in the last hour than in the previous 12 months.
0: Who's he referring to? Tim's dad. Oh, well.
1: I think we all knew the writing was on the wall for Charlotte months ago, but I kind of put it on the back burner and didn't even see this coming when he shouted, there's no meat when he saw his tea on the table. But when he looked out in the garden, that face. hmm. hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chris. Hindsight Corner.
0: <laughs> that's it that's for mailbag?
1: Yeah. We've had a fairly empty mailbag this week. <laughs> W, blue, blue,
0: blue, 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 blue. There's nothing in Hindsight
1: Corner. <laughs> At what point do we stop doing this? Hindsight Corner, I mean. I mean, we stopped doing this podcast after we get to episode 100, but when do we stop doing Hindsight Corner?
0: I, I, I think we continue.
1: We haven't had anything really meaty in it for... For quite some time. Maybe we have to to continue being a feature when it's not. Maybe we have
0: to we have to start getting things wrong on purpose. Oh well hindsight corner, this is not I love you in ASL. This is (laughs) I love you in ASL.
1: (laughs) That works well in the the audio medium. Yes. That'll do.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. By the way, it was very cute when you guys did that on uh, the Squarecast this morning.
1: Yeah,
0: it was very cute. She loves it. <laughs> Just time. Welcome
1: to last week tonight. Just enough time to quickly last talk about
0: last year tonight. Last year tonight. You said last week tonight. Oh, yeah, Don't say that. Tonight.
1: HBO will sue yes. us. <laughs> Just enough time to quickly talk about Paris Hilton of the cobbles. This was Sarah, who Nick had said had a choice of parties to go to or something, so she was yeah, the parasol of the, of cobbles. the cobbles. I was Gavin, and you sure hope not. <laughs> Can you remember what you sure hope not? I don't. Six more weeks of winter.
0: Oh, yes.
1: I was about ready to ban Chris. No, not that one from her Facebook page. Shona is held hostage in the Paddington House of Horror and then stabs <laughs> Clayton. Remember that? I that do was great remember fun.
0: that. Apparently Clayton's coming
1: back. I saw that. Yeah. I had to wonder why. <laughs> I, I posted our... Uh, because this time last mm-hmm. year was when Clayton ran through the, the graveyard. <laughs> 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 Which Charles <laughs> de <Mello>
0: liked.
1: <laughs> the reason why I think that's funny is because there's a far more direct route. Absolutely. <laughs> diagonally through the Well, he the was graves.
0: zigzagging unlike that uh, because one Because he's being chased by a hippo? No, he's, he doesn't want to be hit by a flaming arrow. Like that one Stark kid who can't run in a zigzag and that's why he died.
1: Do I remember his name yet?
0: The Stark is kid? Is it Rob? It's not Rob, and It's it? not Rob. Rob died in the uh, Red Wedding.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, God, I like this show as well. I can't remember his name.
0: Well, he was one of the two that didn't really matter.
1: Craig. <laughs> Craig Stark. What was it?
0: Ryan. Keith. Keith Stark. <laughs> it was Keith. <laughs>
1: Seb sees Sarah and her all together.
0: Oh, God. Oh, that was horrible. I remember that.
1: Tits bum, Fanny, the lot. Tim's dad Wait, complains... Wait,
0: how can he see her bum if she's sitting on her bum in a bathtub with water in well it? Well, she
1: got out. I think he just saw her boobs. Yes, he just
0: Tim's saw her Tim's dad boobs. complains
1: because he's not getting his hole.
0: Oh, God. This has been dragging on forever, hasn't it?
1: This is a... A storyline that's been lasting for like fourteen months. Or have something you noticed?
0: Like? Have you noticed that there's been spending an awful lot of time defending this storyline lately? Because so many people are just like, it's 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 too much now. It's I, can't, I can't believe that people complain about it though. I can believe it because I kind of, I I think there are a lot of people like me that it's very triggering and very painful to watch. So they so put we, it sh- aside so and we say, shouldn't have it
1: then because some people find it difficult to watch. Please, it, well... Because that, that's what the complaints are. They don't want it to be shown because it's too hard for them to watch.
0: Well, I think for the people who find it difficult to watch because it it's physically painful to do so, I think maybe they should take a little bit of that into consideration because it has dragged on for like a year now and maybe let's finally get some restitution going.
1: So because 350 people don't want to see it, that should mean that... Millions of people don't get to see it.
0: That's not what I'm saying. I'm am just saying that you know maybe it's time to start getting
1: to the end game. Well, we're clearly moving towards something. It's taken a while, and I just I, not fast I, enough, and it may take a little bit longer. But Ugh, we're, we're getting not. we're getting towards something happening.
0: We? Well, yes. Anyway, we're still doing last year tonight.
1: So I explained <laughs> how long it takes me to realize that a romantic thing is a thing. It takes me so long to realise that. It still does. You spoiled the roof collapse. But did I really? Yeah. And the moment of the week was Shona and David getting engaged. And the boring moment of the week was Seb's birthday party. That (laughs) birthday party was dreadful.
0: You know what? Oliver's was pretty bad too recently. Why can't they make a good birthday party? Oh, I know what boring moment of the week is now.
1: Write it down quick. And that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street. This time last year. Shall we dive in, my dear? I've written, I think, m- more than usual.
0: Well, then we better get cracking. <laughs> right, crackalackin'.
1: This is our. <laughs> this is our long story. The first storyline tonight is. <sighs> one wedding, one departure, one battered ring.
0: But not like that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. somebody had to say it
1: you'll have ample (laughs) ample opportunity (laughs) as we go through the next like 30 minutes on monday gail and audrey are up and walking down the street chatting about sarah being upset with adam for not telling her about daniel and bethany's plans to move to that london Mm -hmm. audrey quite frankly doesn't understand all the fuss they're just moving it's not a prison break they get to the house and the post is there with a package for sarah Uh uh-huh Audrey and Sarah have their hair in rollers, so the wedding is still on.
0: Yay! And Gary
1: watches from across the street and pretends not to care. Boo! Then Adam lands in on Daniel. He's bagged up all his stuff. Sinead's stuff is black bagged and Daniel wants to give it all to Beth. Daniel calls himself the... Apparently,
0: Sinead put it all in black bags. And I think this is an important
1: Oh, I didn't didn't pick up on that.
0: Yeah, because Daniel says, oh, she organised, she put all of this stuff like this before she died, because that was her way, you know, right. to have everything taken care of before she left.
1: Daniel calls himself the worst best man, which he is, Correct. and thinks Sarah, Sarah's turning into her mother. Adam doesn't officially know if the wedding is on or not.
0: Is is she turning into Gail? No. No. No.
1: Dev's getting his hair cut, and there's some amusing chat from David and Maria about who owns what. I loved this.
0: That was pretty funny, actually.
1: (laughs) We need a conversation like this maybe once a month. Just to reconfirm who owns what. Because Audrey owns a barber's but works at the salon. Maria owns a salon with Claudia but works works at the 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 barber's. barbers. It's all very straightforward. (laughs) Then David kicks Dev out so they can get ready for this wedding. Gary comes in and chats with Maria about getting their wedding organised. She wants to talk about it later and David needs his fucking haircut. Yes. The ladies are getting ready at number eight. Audrey's on the Prosecco already. Sarah of gets, she is. Sarah gets her text from Adam but refuses to deal with it right now. Correct. Then along comes Bethany asking if Sarah needs any help. And no. Sarah starts to fizz. Daniel's at Beth's with the black bags but there's wait, no wait, answer. Wait,
0: wait, wait. She starts to fizz?
1: She's fizzing. Yeah. Because yes. she's, well, she's... So she's, she's turning
0: she's... ginger and threatening to beat up nannies?
1: Correct. <laughs> Daniel's at Beth's with the black bags but there's no answer at the door. He borrows a pen from Emma who happens by and Daniel... It's leaves... a marker. A sharpie, if you will. Yay! And Daniel leaves a note saying, "This is all she needs stuff," and then he has to run off.
0: Right. Instead of, well, they're not answering. I'm just going to take, take this it back, back to- home.
1: Right. I'll take it back to my place
0: and, and just stick the note in and, drop and off say, later. "I have some stuff for you. Come May- pick it up later.
1: Maybe come in later. Yay! I've got maybe. some stuff. I think you'll like it.
0: Or, you know, I'm going to see you guys at the wedding. I'm going to see them at the wedding. I'll let them know then.
1: It's fine. We'll it's talk fine. later. We'll talk it's- later."
0: Fine. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Sarah wonders if Bethany's going to be writing award-winning articles while changing Bertie's nappies. Bethany says that Sarah got knocked about thirteen, which isn't really relevant. Look how that turned out, Sarah says, and Bethany strops out. In comes Adam, and then Audrey, who has so far has been a scream, tells him to figure it out, and she drags Gail off to the Rover for for <laughs> some more drink. Who'd be a matriarch? Says Audrey, shaking her head. I
0: love that line. I'm too
1: old for this shite.
0: Yes. Who would be a matriarch? Honestly, that's like... Audrey's got all the best lines this week.
1: Audrey on Monday was just spectacularly funny. The best.
0: (laughs) The best.
1: So Beth and Kirk are back from being... Uh, out shopping. Kirk announces to Maria that Beth needs her leg shaved. He's annoyed <laughs> that he had to buy new pants. The two of them are quite looking forward to going out for a do for a change because they've never been out. When was the last time they'd been out? Was the last time we were well, well, that was, was uh, Sinead and
0: Daniel's wedding.
1: Or Sinead's funeral.
0: Well, that wasn't really a do. It
1: well, a day out, isn't it? No. They all count.
0: No, that, that doesn't count.
1: We find that Dave and Eileen haven't been invited and Beth then sees the black bags but not the note. What happened to the note?
0: It's stuck in the bag, so they don't see it. It's like inside the bag, I guess.
1: She thinks that somebody's been fly-tipping and she tells Kirk just to throw all the stuff in her garbage. And just like that, Sheree's belongings are consigned to landfill because the bin men have been there and picked all that stuff up.
0: Dev is just insufferable, isn't he? He's not used very much this week, but the little bit he is. He's very insufferable getting his hair cut.
1: He got his hair cut because he thinks that he might get invited to the wedding. That's that day? Uh Uh-huh. What,
0: what, he thinks the invitation has been stuck in the mail for two weeks, Dev, who supposedly is like best friends with Adam? Since? Since, I don't know. Since never. I don't know when, but I'll have you know, Mr. Dev, if that is your real name. Not even Adam's best friend gets invited to the wedding.
1: So just go <laughs> right the fuck such out of here. You a your bone about this.
0: <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. My favorite scenes ever are the ones that are involve Imran and Toya. I can't help it. They're just so delightful. As we find out on Friday.
1: They are. And they're pretty delightful. They are delightful. I, I
0: just love them. I love those actors to bits. And I love those characters to bits. I can't help it. And it's not just because Charlie has an adorable dog. Although that helps. Anyway, continue. Are you done?
1: <laughs> Craig sees Bethany drinking some blue drink in the community garden. Bethany says the wedding can go on without her. And Craig calls her a fucking idiot and a sulking teenager. Go help your mum on her wedding day, he says.
0: Stop drinking so much Gatorade. It's
1: going to make you pee. I'm loving Craig throughout this week, particularly though on Monday. He's.
0: He's the voice of reason.
1: He, he's assertive, but more importantly, he's a good friend.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: But he's telling her unwelcome truths. Yes. And Which is not, exactly what you want from your friend. Exactly. And he's not scared to broach these subjects with her.
0: Absolutely. And he's
1: not scared to be the bad guy. Right. And this is... This is This is perhaps Craig at his very best, apart from that time he got run over. Hmm. Him that commun- he he in that changed, community... He was superb in that community. He has
0: changed so much. He He's matured so much over the past year or so. Because remember when we first started doing the podcast when he was still dealing with the ocd thing
1: that was so funny but yeah
0: and was which you know apparently everyone has forgotten he has he's fine now. Fine. he's fine he's absolutely fine he's on medication now and and i guess it's working and
1: he's no longer looking at the never clock a,
0: he never has a relapse which is right. great. It's right. great it's great it's great um, <laughs> but also remember when like he would just tell Bethany whatever she wanted to hear and and was very, you know, just shh. he was, he was, um, oh, who's that guy that you hate? Eddie, I mean, <laughs> no. can't stand that guy. No, uh, um, late night talk show guy who does the carpet, uh, one, one of the
1: Jimmy's. Oh, no, uh, the
0: the, Brit- the English guy, James Corden, yes. You know where he's very, you know, before he was very James Corden, uh, about Bethany, just fawning all over her, and the way James Corden does with celebrities and acts like, you know, they're the most, they're the bee's knees, and he's not like that anymore. No. like like you said, he tells it like it is, and that's great.
1: Sarah and Adam are chatting about Bethany and Daniel. He thinks it can wait. They need to get on with today. The There's an awful lot. More worse than Bethany and Daniel. He wants the day to be about them, and that's what she wants too. Then Audrey and Gail bump into Peter and Ken. They're all ready for the wedding, and then comes Craig and Kirk. And Kirk finds from Emma, this is in the rovers, mm-hmm. that the stuff he threw out was from Daniel. Yes. It was Sinead's stuff. <gasps> Daniel said that he was going to text them about it. Oh, big tits, says Kirk, and he rushes out. Oh, no. So Kirk finds that the stuff has all been picked up by the bin men and he's furious. He's still furious when he speaks with Daniel. Beth is going to go for his throat when she finds out. Daniel mentions a scribbled note and Kirk says, It's bad enough that Daniel is trashing Sinead's memory, but trashing her stuff as well is beyond a fucking pale. He tells Daniel he should be ashamed of himself. And bearded Daniel just takes it because he's not drunk and Kirk would just fuck him up anyway.
0: Correct. It's nice when Kirk is like
1: a sort of when do we see Kirk as angry as he was in this scene cuz he was furious
0: he was furious and and yet still likable
1: <laughs> i wonder why <laughs>
0: because he's just again a likable human being played by a likable human being mm-hmm. yes but
1: having a uh, believable and, emotions and the
0: and the anger was righteous
1: right yes Emma and Maria are chatting about getting married and Maria admits that she really does love Gary and wants to marry him. Mm-hmm. Squee, says Emma. Mm-hmm. Then Kirk's on the phone to Beth. He and Craig are going to try uh, to head the bin lorry off at the pass before it gets to the dump. That's hilarious. Beth announces that she's still going to go to the wedding and Kirk makes her promise to behave herself.
0: That's hilarious.
1: And that's never going to happen. Am <sighs> keeping you up? Yes. <laughs> Beth arrives at the wedding a little late and throws a glare at Daniel. The place is done up. Actually, it's gorgeous. Pretty beautifully.
0: I I I loved everything about it. I it, had except for maybe Sarah's headband. That's the only thing that kind of. And I know that there was like this whole 1920s theme and everything. And actually, and the
1: Charles and Macintosh stuff,
0: right? And actually, if you think about the different wedding dresses Sarah has had over the years, it's probably the better
1: one. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Bethany arrives. I think with Oliver. He seems to have something wrong with his leg as he kind of hobbles the nail. It's
0: not Oliver. Who is it then? It's y- you do remember that Sarah has a son? You know Sarah's son? The wee boy? Called It starts with an H.
1: Harry. Always Harry. Oh, Harry.
0: Yes. Remember Sarah has a son named Harry. Why would Oliver be in the wedding? I
1: couldn't work out. I was like, who else has a wee boy? And Sarah, he was, the and he woman
0: was, getting married. And he
1: was hobbling. I was thinking back to what you said about him not being well. I was like, oh, <laughs> is this delivered?" <laughs> okay, so that was Harry. That's fine. Yes, that was Harry. <laughs> what is wrong with you sometimes? Then David and Nick walks. No, it's Sarah-
0: Oliver with polio.
1: <laughs> that's not funny. Then David <laughs> and Nick walks. So- Walks Sarah down the aisle. For all lovely. She's for all the world dressed as Daisy from The Great Gatsby. Correct. Just Like Heaven, which is a Cure song, but in this instance it was by Scott Bradley's post jukebox and Natalie Angst mm-hmm. is playing and it's all pretty fitting. Yes. I saw somebody on Twitter say that it was in bad taste that uh, Sarah was wearing feathers after what happened to Charlotte. But... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yasmin was not at the wedding. She wasn't invited,
1: <laughs> so, uh, so it's fine. So Adam and Sarah exchange so their those vows are chicken feathers. Daniel and Bethany exchange glances. They're exchanging glances all the way through Ooh. Steve looks like he's about to fall asleep as Adam <laughs> and Sarah are pronounced married in that. Yes. Bethany is shocked as she sees Daniel playing with his ring.
0: Yes. And, and everyone just <clears throat> looks lovely, don't they? We see Sally. That's a good wedding. We see Beth. It is a good wedding. We see, we see Leanne. You know who we don't see. <laughs> you know who we don't see in the scene. Adams' Carol? business partner and Carol. best friend,
1: homeless Carol's not in the
0: Imran, scene? who was at the stag mm-hmm. is not at the wedding. Why was he not invited to the wedding? Why? This does not make any sense, and. We need more Imran and Toya in every scene. They should have at least been sitting there, yes?
1: I think the Ben Why? Price fan club had a complaint about Nick's involvement in the wedding as well because while he walked Sarah down the aisle, the only mm-hmm. line he had was, oh. So? <laughs> that was it. It's
0: not his wedding. And and she also complained that he has to sit in the back, but that's where Leanne was seated. She so was fine. keeping
1: an eye on Dirk. <laughs> that's what was happening there. He was just. I'm watching you, Paul. Do you think it's? I'm keeping an eye on you. D-
0: do you think it's Charlie who had a, uh, who has the coronavirus? And maybe so that's he why he wasn't in it. Maybe that's why he wasn't in it. But Three he didn't.
1: <laughs> no. Anyway. Kirk and Craig have been unsuccessful finding Sinead's stuff and they tell Beth just as Bethany wanders by with Sarah Beth wastes no time in congratulating Bethany for successfully removing Sinead from their lives Daniel thinks this is unfair Bethany doesn't know what happened and Craig explains and Daniel apologises Beth leaves taking Craig and Kirk with her and on the way out Craig asks Bethany what she's doing Daniel is a car crash waiting to happen and Bethany looks over to Daniel getting wired into the free bar
0: wearing his wedding ring
1: yep Gary has got Maria flowers. Sorry for earlier, he says. Maria wants to go for it. Get married soon, just the two of them and the kids. Gary wants to save up and do it properly and they agree to set a date. Aww. And Peter and Adam find Daniel on his own with more booze. Bertie Mm -hmm. will never be able to smell Sinead's clothes or play with her jewellery. Do you think... Do you think... Do you think... Do you think Bertie would like to smell his dead mother's clothes at some point? I, As someone who has a dead mother, I've never really missed the fact that I can't smell my dead mother's clothes. Now, I'm not an infant. No. But, but still.
0: You know, I wear your mum's mittens today and they still kind of smell like that house.
1: Yeah, the little uh, chihuahua. Uh Uh-huh. That, that... No longer smells like the house, but it did for about two years or three years afterwards.
0: Yes, Stelly loves that chihuahua. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know where it is. It's in Stelly's room, on her bed. Pride of place.
1: Well, so maybe maybe we do like to smell these things. It just felt a strange thing to see.
0: I I will occasionally smell things that kind of smell like my grandmother, and it, it always gives me pause. But that's not me going and finding my grandmother's old robe and smelling it. <laughs> also. Does he really think Bertie wants to play with Sinead's necklaces? Right.
1: Peter offers to drive Daniel home, but he still has to make his speech, and then there's the dances. So Adam's doing the rounds of the tables, and with Peter and Carla, he jokes that he thought Gary might show up. Carla, who's had a few too many, says Gary has had enough on his plate uh, recently with Maria and Ali, which Tracy overhears. And before any more can come out, David chinks his glass and very boringly announces that it's speech time. It's time for the speeches.
0: Well, oh. I, I don't think he really cares. I think he was just trying to distract because of all of this okay. ridiculousness.
1: Adam's speech is poor, let's face it. Eh. And now it's Daniel's turn. She <sighs> says to Steve, a fiver says he bombs it. <laughs> Daniel's speech is about Adam for about 20 seconds and then it's about Daniel and Sinead and, and it turns into a lecture about Charles Rennie Macintosh. and he reads out a letter that Charles wrote to his wife of 29 years, Margaret
0: when they were separated it's
1: about being alone and it's clearly a speech from Daniel to his quite dead wife he struggles through, encouraged by the crowd and it's not exactly the funniest speech I've ever heard to Mr and Mrs Barlow and then Bethan does that look thing that she does
0: you know what it reminded me of do you remember that scene in uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, at the funeral, when uh, what's his name gets up and and reads the um the poem about, you know,
1: the W. H. Auden, the, the, yeah. the clocks or whatever. Yes,
0: stop the clocks mm-hmm. and quiet the dog with a juicy bone. He was my life, my yeah. At least that was relevant. <laughs> yeah, but it just it 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 kind of struck me in the same way. It was it was quite emotional and. I, I enjoyed it, not least because you know it's learning something new about Renny Macintosh. <laughs> but um, I drank out of that mug this this past week
1: again. Like it's you quite, did last week when you mentioned it. It's
0: quite beautiful. I think I might have that tattooed around my arm at some point.
1: During the evening reception, Tracy <laughs> has a go at Bethany for messing with Daniel's head. Audrey overhears and tends to agree as does Sarah. Bethany isn't interested and drags up an utterly pushed Daniel for a dance. That was awful And that's a wedding
0: That's awful It's like And and he's so drunk And he can just barely stand up And he's like wah, wah.
1: On Wednesday Daniel's up nice and early But his caterwauling to Bertie With one day like this by elbow Has woken up Bethany Who's had the sense to use her own housecoat this time
0: Yeah I don't understand why he's singing that particular song it, Because Well it's because he's not over Sinead Let's be honest because that's, that's a from dance their wedding. That they had at the wedding.
1: Yeah. He's feeling pretty rough after yesterday and he's nearly done with the packing. Bethany's taken a bit by surprise by this, but it's what she wants. She wonders if maybe she should go down for a few weeks to London or to that London before he goes down because he's still grieving. He admits that he is, but he loves her and they should do what is best for them. Hmm.
0: Best then, for you, you think, though, they're
1: not, not Daniel. Then Adam and Sarah are in royal roles. He calls her Mr...
0: Mrs Barlow. He calls
1: her Mrs... He calls her Mrs Barlow, and she thinks that uh, he's talking about Deirdre. It could be worse. <laughs> it could be Tracy. <laughs> ha, ha ha ha
0: ha! And
1: then they winch the faces of each other. Yes. When they're done, Adam suggests that Sarah speak with Bethany. Sarah doesn't think that Bethany wants to speak, and Adam thinks that's irrelevant. They agree to talk to Daniel and Bethany separately.
0: And Nina serves them omelettes and says something about, you know, that Roy's role not being the most romantic of places the day after your wedding. Mm-hmm. And Adam says... I miss Shoda.
1: Which was cruel, I thought. Yes,
0: it was absolutely cruel.
1: Did you see what Nina was wearing?
0: She was wearing black.
1: A black apron with skulls in it. That's awesome. (laughs) fucking brilliant. Kirk arrives at Daniel's to take Bertie for the day. The elephant in the room says Kirk is that Beth isn't there. Beth isn't the elephant. The elephant is what happened yesterday. Forget the elephant. Let's just move on for Bertie. Mm-hmm. Kirk then reveals that one of his mates at the tip has found Sinead's stuff. Yay! Wonderful news, says Daniel. Kirk gives Daniel a green envelope that he and Beth think that Daniel should have, and then Kirk leaves. And in the envelope is Sinead's wedding ring. Daniel stares at Sinead's ring and looks all morose. He phones Adam and arranges to meet him in the pub later. Mm-hmm. As so opposed later, to coffee. Right. So they're in the pub, and Daniel wants to get on the IPA's Quick Sharp. He says he won't be around when Daniel gets back from his honeymoon, so they may as well get torn into it. Daniel orders a couple of halves as well, and Daniel and Adam toast new starts, probably. He's worried that Bethany's having second thoughts, that she started listening to all the whisperers. Then Daniel gets up to order another round. Meanwhile, Sarah's at Bethany's. Sarah is advising some water to go under the bridge Get settled in while Daniel gets over his grief Sarah says Daniel is not Bethany's problem It's his family's problem But Bethany <laughs> says that Daniel loves her
0: Daniel is his own problem
1: Sarah asks as much as he loves Sinead <laughs> Loves Sinead, not loved loves. loves Bethany says that's unfair But it doesn't Truth. make it a lie, says Sarah Correct. Then Bethany does that look she does But slightly sadder than normal Hmm Adam thinks that Daniel should weigh up his options, give it some time. Daniel says that they want to be together, but after the speech, he's worried that she thinks that he's not committed. Adam thinks that moving to that London is a pretty big commitment. Correct. But there's a bigger one, says Daniel. Oh. And he floats the idea of proposing to Bethany.
0: No! Oh,
1: give me fucking strength. What's in those IPAs?
0: Do you think they give him tits?
1: They give me tits. It's true. I stay off the IPAs because they, they just go they straight do give to you these. Tits. They go straight to these guys.
0: Yes. You have adorable tits.
1: <laughs> That's the you. Thank you. <laughs> you, d- you don't laugh, tits. You've got poops. <laughs> Later. <laughs> the show asks us to believe that Daniel could neck five pints in as many minutes and not be sound asleep in the booth. Johnny comes with more drink. It's like an experiment now. <laughs> Adam tells Daniel not to propose. Give it time. Bethany's going nowhere. If he proposes, Bethany will think that he's lost his marbles.
0: Because he has.
1: ''Fuck this,'' says Adam. ''I'm off for some crisps.''
0: Right. And Adam, at this point, is drinking Diet Coke. He's no longer drinking alcohol. Daniel is drinking alone so now. So
1: all those empty glasses that are on the table <laughs> mostly are Daniel's.
0: Except for the Diet Coke.
1: Later, Daniel is now smashed. Adam is chatting with Peter at the bar, and then they sneak a look back to the booth, and Daniel has, like, buggered off. Disappeared. Meanwhile, Bethany and Sarah are still chatting. Bethany says, I know you think he's losing it, but he's the strongest person that Bethany knows.
0: (laughs) So funny because it's not true. Because
1: at that, we hear Daniel on the street shouting up to (laughs) Bethany. She goes and she opens the window, and Adam and Peter, they arrive and they suggest that Daniel goes home, but Daniel says that he's been romantic. Are you pished? asks Bethany. And he produces a ring. Sarah throws up a bit. Sinead, says Daniel, will you please marry me? And it takes Daniel a second or two to realise what he said. Meanwhile, Bethany's doing that look, but with her mouth open. Oh, that's a shame, says Daniel. And he tries again, this time with the right name. Marry me, he says.
0: And before all of this happens, somebody in the street yells at him to to sing to her or something. And he says, well, I can't sing. I'm tone deaf. And I said finally, some (laughs) self-awareness because all of this is just so tone-deaf from start to finish.
1: So Sarah, who's just heard Daniel propose to Sinead and then propose to Bethany, is probably a little relieved that she didn't just get proposed to. You'd think this would be enough for Bethany to close the window or for Sarah to leave them to it, but no, instead, Bethany shouts down to remind Daniel that she's not Sinead. She's not his dead wife. (laughs) Is that a yes or a no? Says Daniel. (laughs) Then Peter spies the ring and Sarah goes ballistic. Not only is he proposing to her daughter with his dead wife's name, he's using his dead wife's ring as well. We'll talk when you're sober says Bethany and she shuts the window finally. This was a kind of Romeo and Juliet type thing, wasn't it? No. Oh, what light from yon window breaks? It's
0: Sinead. No, wait. It's Bethany. Bethany.
1: No, it's Carol. (laughs) Nope. determined to get a Carol reference in here this week Daniel continually rings Bethany's bell I like that Adam tries to drag Daniel away and the ring shoots from Daniel's hand it rolls onto the street and is run over by a car <laughs> Daniel runs to retrieve it and kneels on the street but it's goosed then a dog pisses on Daniel's leg and a seagull <laughs> shits in his hair but nothing happens to his beard <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've written this week. You might as well just... You're stop, welcome. Stop listening now. It doesn't get any better than that.
0: <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank, thank, thank God that...
1: No one's listening anymore.
0: <laughs> thank, thank God that he tanked that so poorly so that Daniel and Bethany wouldn't be getting... aren't going to get married. Because if they did, Bethany's mum... Would have to start calling her daughter Auntie Bethany
1: because
0: Sarah is married to Adam, and, Adam and Daniel is Adam's uncle. uncle.
1: Right? Because you posted that on Twitter, and it made me think. Wait a minute, is that right? It and is I worked right. Out, yes, by marriage, her own daughter would also be her aunt. Yes. <laughs> Yikes! It's it's, it's all over again. It's
0: Kentucky. It's Kentucky and Weatherfield.
1: And number eight, the whole family are there to tell Bethany that they told her so <laughs> and Daniel is still in love with Sinead. This looks like it's news to Bethany. But it's not. David reckons that Bethany has one option. Run for your life. Correct. The doorbell rings and Leanne lets Adam in who's apologetic but Daniel is in a state and wants to see Bethany. Bethany agrees but asks, Def- but asks David for a favour while she goes to see him. David asks what and Bethany makes that face again. <laughs> Round at number one. Daniel looks at Sinead's battered old ring. Well, well Bethany wonders what this is all made of. <clears throat> Come on. Daniel is sorry. You could do this. So is Bethany. He wants to try again, but it's such a mess. Daniel thinks that they can go ring shopping in London, but Bethany thinks that he's kidding himself about what he thinks of her. It's not going to work. He just wants to get over her. He can do it. He thinks things will be better than that London. Bethany thinks it'll take more than geography, it's too soon. Sinead's memory deserves more, and Bethany deserves more than living in her shadow. She's going to make this easy. David's having a van, she's leaving today, and you're not invited. <laughs> and then there's a lovely bit of exposition from the Platts. Nick says that she's going to love his friends Al and Tina, who he's never mentioned before, and who live in Highbury. It's nice of them to put me up, says Bethany, and it's sh- such short notice, says Audrey. She'll be fine, says Sarah. Audrey says that she's turning I a negative the into together. a positive. Right. Then David is outside in the van. Audrey has a good feeling about this. Bethany wants Sarah to keep an eye on Daniel and off she goes outside with one sports bag, leaving her mother to humph the ma- big, massive fucking suitcase all on her own. <laughs> Bethany says her goodbyes to everyone. Craig comes along in his ITV puffer puffer jacket. He only wanted the best for her and she makes him promise to visit. Craig is so proud of what she's achieved. Well, what she, what she achieved, says Nick.
0: Escaping.
1: <laughs> then Daniel comes along with Bertie strapped to his front. He tells her it's not too late. She points out that he's still wearing his ring and it is far too late. Focus on your kid. heal. He says, it was you I was kissing all along. Okie dokie, says Bethany. Sure. And she leaves without a hug or a kiss. Sarah and Bethany share an emotional moment. Then Bethany gets in the van and they drive off and away while Daniel is around the corner trying more. Than Bertie, who still strapped to his front, correct. Like some kind of Bertie suicide bomber.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: it's horrible. That's it a bit.
0: It's a snuggie or a snuggly, snuggly. I used to, although although typically the child is turned towards you and not away from you in those things, right. That they can snuggle in against your skin and and against your
1: heartbeat. It's like Ripley and aliens and the big construction robot type thing.
0: Yeah, or um, because it's it's that kind with the child facing out that they use in that in that awful movie by the same guy by the guy who did um, the Joker. What was that movie? The guys and they go. Oh, out. the Hangover. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. We've been going for 52 minutes and we're still on story (laughs) one. The first story. On Friday Daniel has been up all night playing with Sinead's battered ring. Adam 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 offers to get it fixed in town and then offers to cancel his honeymoon. Maybe now I can shave, says Daniel. No, maybe now I can miss her. (laughs) Elsewhere, Beth finds out that Craig has been texting Beth, Nate. She tells him to remember the family motto. Once a tinker, always a tinker. Always a tinker. Daniel who doesn't a
0: family w- crest and he's like, We don't have a family crest.
1: Daniel, who doesn't work at the factory, has gone round to the factory to ask Beth for she needs stuff back and she isn't very gracious about this at all. Then Daniel and his beard to meet up with Beth and Roy's rolls. He claims that all the Bethany stuff was about him missing Sinead. Beth isn't really interested in buying it; just wheel in the replacement blonde. She says, "Not everything is about sex." Says Daniel and he storms out.
0: Yes, he shouts, "Not everything is about sex!" Very loudly. In Roy's rolls, and everyone looks at him like, "What?"
1: He's trying to peg Beth now. Stop with some. Well, another is, blonde. Is he working alphabetically through the street? <laughs>
0: just trying to hit every blonde
1: Peter comes in and Beth says Daniel needs help (laughs) and number one Ken insists on talking about his experiences with grief and Peter suggests that Daniel needs help that the family can't offer how many
0: times is he going to bring Deirdre up
1: but he might have an idea Mm. so the family drop in on Daniel Daniel thinks this is an, an intervention it turns out he's playing a Sinead video when they come in. <laughs> Creepy now? Yes. Peter says that And they've... he
0: insists that the, he's only playing it because it's the only way to get Bernie to
1: eat. Sure. <laughs> Peter says that they've bought Daniel a getaway to that castle in Scotland that he and Sinead had planned to go to, because that's going to make him feel better.
0: This really confuses me. because No, is, is it the... Is, because I thought that was just a vacation castle that he and Sinead were going to Yeah, they were planning. To. But it was
1: a spa as well. And spas tend to have these little things. I do not want them for...
0: Like therapists?
1: For therapists.
0: <laughs> like you can get grief therapy at a spa?
1: Scotland's a very complicated place. <laughs> this is true. It's tonight, and they have people who can make Daniel not mental anymore. They even have a babysitter. Ken thinks this could help, but Daniel isn't interested. The but fam- he's not
0: only staying for a night. he's, no, he's
1: for a while. Yes. The family encouraged Daniel to go on the break when Beth turns up, who knew nothing about it. She's only there to return Beth's things. Beth and should I, should things. <laughs> You're just <laughs> so, so confused. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to hug her, but she's like, what the fuck is this? Ken and Tracy reveal the plan for Daniel to go away, and Beth offers to go along with Daniel and will stay nearby with Bertie.
0: Yes, because Daniel's whole argument for not going is that strangers would be babysitting Bertie while he was in his
1: session. He's been passing that kid from pillar and to then, post for at least three weeks.
0: And then when Tracy says, well, then you can leave him here. No, I can't leave him here while I'm all the way in Scotland, which is what, a hundred miles? No, it's more than that. It's not a very big country. Maybe
1: 300 miles.
0: Oh, 300 miles. From
1: Manchester to Glasgow, yeah, probably 300. Oh, for
0: Pete's sake. That's not, that's nothing. What is that?
1: Six hours. Four hours? Six hours.
0: Six hours?
1: The Barlows are happy that Beth has helped, and Daniel can't thank her enough after everything that's happened recently. Beth thinks that Sinead would want her to keep an eye on things. They say their farewells to Daniel and Ken, hopes that he will find some peace. And that is where we get to this week. Thank God.
0: So yay, Daniel's Uh, out of it for a while.
1: Right. And let's hope he comes back clean shaven.
0: And uh, as as is as is Beth, because clean shaven. No, well she's out of it for. So, this is this is probably when she this went away to ice start ice thing. skating.
1: Although she was doing both simultaneously for a while, I know. Ugh. But
0: more power. How to do you her. do that? More more power. To how do you her. learn
1: your lines and do your scenes and then practice like twelve twelve hours a Well, they don't really
0: week? learn their lines, do they?
1: Or they just turn up and... Yeah, yeah, they they don't really have much rehearsal. But still, fair play, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I enjoyed the wedding enormously. It was pretty. I know that you didn't like the fact that Imran wasn't there and Toya wasn't there. This is true. But the wedding was lovely.
0: It was all right. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) I loved it. It looked like they had the uh, Glasgow School of Art thing going on in the background.
0: Well they had the uh the A for Adam and the S for Sarah and the right, window. Which looked I like I liked that. It was pretty
1: Glasgow School of Art. Which it wasn't, but the way that they did it was kinda like that. Right. So I enjoyed That's that as well. So yeah, so this feels like an end to things and Daniel's made his amends with Beth and all that sort of stuff. Yes, so Let's just and skip on because we've been talking about this for
0: And Bethany quite some time. Has left the building but there's a possibility for her to come back. They didn't kill her, and that's good. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Like it may not be good.
1: Our next storyline tonight.
0: Oi, Tim's fucking dad. Oh, on Monday he didn't. It it wasn't as bad this week. I didn't. I, I felt like he wasn't as horrible. This he week. had
1: his moments. He, yeah. Let me remind you. On Monday, Alia turns up to Yasmin's. But Tim's dad refuses to let her in, claiming that Yasmin is in her bed. I'll see you at work, he says, and he closes the door on her face. But We're Jasmine, not decent. But Yasmin is actually up and cleaning because she's up. She's still upset with Tim's dad about the chicken thing. I loved that chicken and you killed it. He said that you apologise, what more do you want? He also tells her not to go to work today as he says that her back I is still playing chicken, up.
0: you son of a bitch!
1: <laughs> she says that she's fine, but he's having none of it. And she comes round and then goes back to bed. At speed dial, Alia speaks with Tim's dad about Yasmin crying yesterday, because Gail heard it. Tim's dad says Gail is a drama queen who has buried her share of husbands over the years, and Alia looks far from satisfied by this explanation. Correct. Then Alia goes round to see her who who is up and cleaning again. She says that she's fine, and Alia brings up the subject of her crying in the garden, and Yasmin says that Charlotte died, but she doesn't explain why. Wow. Aya gives her a hug and then drags Yasmin up and takes her out for a walk round the Red Wreck and to share stories of that chicken. Yasmin mm-hmm. forgets her phone and immediately that they've left, she gets a call from Tim's dad.
0: Mm-hmm. And it says Tim's dad right there on it the does. phone. Tim's yes. dad calling. <laughs> Tim's dad who I am married to, right there.
1: <laughs> so, so some time has passed and Tim's dad comes home panicking when she doesn't answer her phone. He calls it again and then he sees it vibrating on the table. Tim's dad calling. Tim's dad called Oh, I am him. married too. Later, uh, Tim's dad is turning the house upside down looking for Yasmin's passport, which he eventually finds <laughs> when Yasmin comes home. Tim's dad thought that she'd left him because of the chicken and how he keeps messing things up. Don't leave me, he says, and then he forces himself into a hug with her again like he did that last time. Oh, I hate that. Was he genuinely worried, do you think? I kind of believed it.
0: I, a part of me feels like he was genuinely worried. Because she really should run right. for the hills. But the fact that he immediately went to her passport. And then it looked like he was looking... I thought he was going to pull up the camera footage. Because that camera's still there.
1: Right. Yeah, we've kind of forgotten about that a little bit.
0: Yeah. I'm still shocked that Yasmin hasn't found that yet with all of her cleaning. You'd think she would have found it by now.
1: She's just a lazy woman.
0: Apparently... <sighs> Apparently she doesn't clean that one bookshelf.
1: <laughs> then Toya is at home watching the YouTubes. Alia comes in. And laughing. And it would seem that Toya has lost an afternoon doing this. Did we know that these two live together? Yes. Did we? Yes. Alia reveals that she's worried they about... They live...
0: It's it's Toya and Imran and Alia
1: and, and Ryan. Craig. And Craig. Where's Ryan?
0: And Ryan. No, no, no. Ryan doesn't live with Alia, remember?
1: Well, Where's he? He's... Still at Michelle's flat?
0: I believe so.
1: Who's paying for that?
0: I don't know. Because
1: Michelle's gone and Robert he did.
0: Didn't they buy it? Don't they I own that I flat? No, they like they
1: a mortgage or rent, I'm sure.
0: Well, maybe he took, Maybe he and Ali took over the mortgage.
1: Here here we go. Hindsight corner. Where does Ryan live? And Ali. And Alia. <laughs> well, over we the, no. Where, where,
0: where? Alia lives with Imran and Toya <laughs> and Craig. In because remember that was Craig and Kate and And Rana's flat, and when Rana died, it seems and Kate left. Well, because they have different tastes. Then Imran came and moved into Rana's old room with Toya, and I can't remember how Alia got there. Maybe no Alia Alia moved out out of of her grand's house because she cannot stand Tim's Tim's fucking dad.
1: Alia reveals that she's worried about Yasmin. She hasn't been herself since, since Tim's dad arrived. He's trying to isolate her. Toya advises to tread lightly. Just remind her that she's there for her gran. And, and at this point we were thinking...
0: That Alia was going to say, Isn't there shouldn't someplace you, be you somewhere? should be? <laughs> and you were really hoping that Toya would have said, Oh, oh tips <laughs> Logged uh, off of the YouTubes. And two people, thrown on a dress.
1: And two people like that.
0: Well, more than two people, but two very important people liked that.
1: <laughs> Imran and, and. Toya. And Toya liked that. that but not do. Imran and Toya. No, Charlie and Georgia. That made Correct. Laugh.
0: The real Georgia T.
1: So, Tim's dad is surprised to hear that Yasmin didn't tell Alia about Charlotte. She says, every time I see Charlotte, I want to say Charlotte. She says Alia wouldn't mm-hmm. understand that it was an accident, and he goes off to get a takeaway to celebrate. Tim's dad goes into Speeddal to make a big show of nothing being too much for his Yasmin. I'm going to get a wee takeaway for her, but maybe not from here. Maybe I'll go to the chippy. So after chippy tea, Tim's dad is about to do the dishes, but Yasmin says that she'll take no. care of them. And while she's away, Tim's dad locks up a wad of cash from Speeddal mm-hmm. in the sideboard.
0: Right. Because remember...
1: What?
0: Because remember, he was talking to Yasmin and saying, oh, maybe we should go away for a while. And she says, well, let, you know, and we can borrow off of the, off of the restaurant. And Yasmin says, no, we can't do that because we're only part owners. Let's save up money. And he agrees. But then he steals money from the restaurant, nevertheless. Right. Because he's a dick.
1: I'm kind of worried that his comeuppance is going to be from something that's a stupid thing for him to do. And stealing from speed dial seems like a stupid thing to do he's writing bad reviews for speed dial clearly and now he's stealing money from them
0: we haven't even we haven't talked about the bad reviews yet so let's get to the bad reviews
1: so on Wednesday Tim and Tim's dad are in Roy's Rolls and Tim's complaining that Sally wants to spend a hundred quid on a wedding cake Tim's dad suggests that they uh, have a budget. And Tim reminds Tim's dad that he committed bigamy. And Tim's <laughs> dad says, well, okay, okay, I guess Fair you. Okay, Ray Weinstein walks by Alia, who's setting up outside Spidal. He asks Speedal? Speedal. He asks Speedal. if she has regrets, Kai her career to work here, but she says that she has a flourishing business that she owns. Flourishing, says Ray with a chuckle. And Alia looks like she could be gilding the lily, maybe a little bit. Then Tim goes to see Tim's dad, hoping that Tim's dad can give them a deal on catering. Tim's dad says that he can go one better. He's checked his finances and how's about he pays for the whole thing? Mm. You're a fucking legend, says Tim.
0: Yes, he's going to steal some more from the restaurant.
1: Don't you forget it, says Tim's dad. Then Arya busts through with her laptop. Another one star review. This stinks of Ray's handiwork, she says. And later, Arya still frustrated about the one star review. Need to find out who's doing it. And Tim's dad doesn't think she should throw her weight around when it comes to Ray. And he looks a little bit you know, just. Well, let's just forget about. Yeah,
0: it. let's not dig too deeply. So poke this bear. Do you think? Do you think it's possible that the person on the street that Ray has a prior relationship with might be Tim's dad? As opposed to the deceased Rick the Chin, no. And that Tim's dad is purposely tanking speed doll for a Ray Weinstein.
1: Oh, that's a very bit too convoluted, doesn't it?
0: This is a soap opera we're talking about.
1: It's true, but this is this, again. This, this is a soap
0: opera where someone died via hair blower, hair blower, hair dryer.
1: You got something that'll blow my hair off? Here, try this Remington hair blower.
0: Madeleine, when a woman goes to a hair salon to get her hair styled with a hair dryer, it is referred to as a blowout.
1: But she's, so going to, she's, she's going to a hairdresser to get something done with her what? Her hair with a with a dryer. A dryer, yeah. not a blower, then. A hair dryer. A dryer? You said? Okay. A
0: blow dryer, actually. It's a blow dryer. It's not a hair dryer. It's a blow dryer. So it does make sense for a blowout. I'm so glad I got there. Why can I not remember words anymore? It's One hour weird. and seven
1: minutes. At home, Tim's dad thinks that Alia is projecting onto Ray. Jasmine doesn't think so. Well, says Tim's dad, you think the sun shines out of her arse. No, I don't, said Jasmine. Oh, well, then shut your face, systems, Dad. And Jasmine is left thinking, what am I doing here again? Why am I still here? (laughs) Because this is now at least Mm. incident number five where there's red flags flagging. Just
0: huge red flags all over the place.
1: So that's as far as we get with that this week. Mm
0: -hmm. So he's horrible, but he's like mid-level horrible this week he's not as horrible because he still kind of has to make up for the whole charlotte thing right and charlotte bronte and also you know he thinks that she's left it's weird that he goes straight to where is her passport like she's actually left the country
1: it kind of suggests to me that this has happened before
0: hmm Hmm, why would women be constantly leaving you? Maybe you're not a catch.
1: <laughs> but you can do magic tricks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, because women find that so sexy.
1: Right. It's like that time I'll taught myself how to juggle. <laughs> Think like, why am I doing this? Oh, let's, let's do
0: Impress the women. Let's impress women. Impress the ladies. Do you think women
1: are gonna be interested in people who juggle?
0: Well, there is that one magician who's kind of sexy. Or he was in the eighties because Paul Daniels? In, he was married to a, he was married to a supermodel.
1: Oh David Copperfield yes. was married to Claudia Schiffer, I think wasn't Correct.
0: He? Yes, David David Wow. David Copperfield. Wow, you really just pulled that right out of your ass, didn't you? I, actually
1: that I'm kinda of worried <laughs> that I've soiled myself a little bit. <laughs> our next story tonight
0: with Claudia Schiffer
1: our next story Claudia tonight Claudia Schiffer
0: just came right out of your ass
1: not for the first time <laughs> our next story tonight is Jade Dead. on Monday Jade turns up that <laughs> to speak with Tyrone, she's interested in seeing hope and the social have said that, that uh, Tyrone and Fizz haven't been back in touch about her getting some visits Tyrone will speak to Fizz, but promises nothing.
0: Yeah, and we just got home.
1: Fizz is at Chill home, the fuck out. Fizz is at home ordering big prints of some of their holiday snaps from Liverpool. Aw. <clears throat> Therefore, the girls room to remind them of that shit time they had when their idiotic <laughs> parents dragged them on an hour up the road to that other city. Ty mentioned speaking with Jade.
0: I'm sure there are bits of Liverpool that are lovely.
1: Sure. Fizz refuses to drop everything. She thinks that they were persuaded and they agreed to this, which they weren't. And Ty says if Fizz wants Jade to fuck up, then she can tell her herself. Then Jade turns up on Tyrone's door. He tells her that she can't just keep turning up like this. And Tyrone Seriously? says that he thinks it's maybe a good idea to leave it for a few weeks while Hope gets settled back in at school. Jade says, yeah, but it's her birthday today and she hoped to see Hope because you only got one card from Who? Hope hears bits from and pieces her mom, of this, probably. then Jade tries to solic- solicit a hug from Tyrone, who doesn't reciprocate. Hope has covered her hands in glue, so she can peel it off later.
0: Mm-hmm. Which every it. child should that. do.
1: Did you do that?
0: Yes, of course I it did. It's great
1: fun peeling all, it off.
0: All children do that, don't like, they? Ah, I'm peeling my skin off. Ah, it's mental. And it's got all the whorls and stuff mm-hmm. from your... Yeah, Perfect. Such cool. good
1: fun. We should do that this weekend. No. Okay. This is great fun.
0: I've got to sell cookies.
1: Hope asks if Jade is coming for tea because it's her party. Tyrone says that Jade can't come for tea and Hope thinks that she needs more than a card. Tyrone gets on the computer as Hope goes off to clean her hands. Then on Wednesday, over breakfast, Tyrone is trying to justify buying Jade a birthday present to keep Hope happy. Evelyn reminds them that Jade is a madwoman who tried to steal Hope away from them. Thank goodness that Evelyn is there. She's a, correct. She's a voice of the viewer at this point. Absolutely. Ty insists it's five minutes in the cafe and tells them that he got a cheap bracelet that Hope picked out. Evelyn calls him a pushover. Correct. And Tyrone says, "I'm just being nice. Yeah, nice, nice. Sure. Yeah, pushover." Hope bursts into Roy's Rolls. Jade, she says. Jade. Ruby and Evelyn and Tyrone are there and Hope gives Jade the card and the bracelet Jade is made up because she lost hers the other day as Tyrone knows Mm -hmm. Tyrone plays it down but Hope reveals that it was Tyrone's idea and it was him who picked out a nicer one than Hope had Mm -hmm. Aren't you nice, says Evelyn and as they all leave Jade in the cafe she looks longingly back at Tyrone Jade goes round to thank Tyrone at the garage and apologise for everything Ty tells Jade to take this slow and she can have a relationship with Hope after all all Jade wants is a family They small talk for a bit and Tyrone says that he doesn't hate her and Jade takes this to mean that she's in and she gives him a snog. He pushes her away just as Kirk walks by. Bad timing, says Jade.
0: Yeah, but doesn't Hope see it too? That Hope was walking by. maybe.
1: Back home, Tyrone is fuming. Jade says that she's figured it all out. This is all better. This is all better when it's her, Tyrone and Hope. She says that she knows he has feelings for her and Tyrone thinks Which this is she mental doesn't. and he screams at Jade to leave just as Fizz comes in. What's going on here? And Jade announces quite proudly that the two of them kissed. Jade announces that they love each other and Tyrone doesn't need to lie. Fizz threatens to knock her out. She's ready for round two. And Fizz calls Jade her father's daughter. Jade thinks that Fizz doesn't deserve her family and that Hope doesn't love Fizz. She calls Hope through and Hope comes running. Do you want to leave? Do you want me to leave? Jade asks, and Hope shrugs. What do you mean by that? Well, you kissed Daddy, and you're a liar, says Hope. <laughs> Fizz thinks the social will be very interested to learn all this. Jade realises that she's losing Hope, and then Hope confirms this and asks her to leave, clutching onto uh apron strings. Mm-hmm. We could have saved ourselves a whole lot of trouble if I had just snarled Jade a few months ago.
0: Yes, yes. Because apparently this is the straw that breaks the kebbles back for <laughs> right. Hope. And, and Jade's like... Don't you love me? And Hope says, Hope shakes her head kind of like, yeah, Yeah. I guess.
1: But you kiss daddy.
0: But I love mummy and daddy more. Mm -hmm. So go
1: fuck yourself. (laughs) Jade says that Hope doesn't mean it. Tyrone calls this child abuse. Hope tells Jade that her breath stinks. That was a bit too much, I thought.
0: Yeah, the mental abuse of, of Jade. Sticky breath.
1: Hope says that she loves Jade, but she loves Mummy and Daddy more. Jade says that she'll always be Hope's sister, and Fizz is a human equivalent of paint drying, staying in all night with her sorry little lives. This, she says, to a couple who have just returned from a city break to Liverpool. Seriously. Jade leaves in tears, thinking, maybe I shouldn't have kissed Tyrone after all. Fizz wants to go to the, show, the social and Tyrone apologises but Fizz doesn't think he should ever say sorry for being a nice guy. Plus Jade must have been fucking desperate to get her tongue down Tyrone's throat.
0: <laughs> Fizz
1: thinks they've seen the last of Jade. They've got their little family back together again.
0: And the camera pans up to a picture of Ty and Fizz and the two wee girls. But and no, a, and Evelyn. in the
1: background there's a picture of the writers who have just got so bone tired of this story. <laughs> That's done. Do you think it is? Yeah. I think Jade, the actress who played Jade, has announced that, that that's her done. Nun, which is a wee shame. I thought she was really good. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her more when there was a kind of mystery about it. When she became kind of more single white female, I thought it become less interesting. But yeah, it was a decent enough storyline.
0: Yeah, so you don't think she'll go to the police?
1: Nah. It's not going to happen. Okay. Okay, we've got a couple of really quickies here. Three quickies. (laughs) Four quickies? Four quickies? Sounds like a... Five quickies, maybe. Sounds like
0: a Saturday night with you.
1: (laughs) Quantity over quality. (laughs) (laughs) Did I say that? (laughs) You did. Am I going to cut that out? No. Probably not. (laughs) Our next story is Liz, lodgers and lozenges. On Wednesday, Eileen is at Roy's Rolls speaking with Nina, who's serving wearing a black... uh, Penny with skulls in it. Nina is having a ball living with Roy. Eileen thinks they're an odd couple and Nina thinks that Roy might not be loving it quite as much as she is. Eileen meets up with Liz. Liz wants some lodger advice. Eileen has been getting on with Sean and Mary although it's camper than the Volkswagen, she says. Liz is looking forward to getting Steve and Tracy out from under her feet and out of her bathroom. Eileen asks what Liz would do if she choked on a sherbet lemon and there was nobody around to give her the Heimlich. So she dies, all alone. And all because she didn't want to share her bathroom. And that's all that happened there.
0: So does this mean that Liz is buying the is buying uh Steve and yeah, Tracy's? It
1: sounds like Liz is going to try to get the flat from Steve and Tracy mm-hmm. when Steve and Tracy move into number one. So this does seem like it's there's enough movement here to suggest that there's force to make this thing happen. That Why? These How are going is she to gonna move? pay for it? No idea. Hmm.
0: Because I have to sell it in order to be able to afford number one.
1: Right. Moving on. Next story. Get Craig fit. On Friday, Get Craig is playing Craig. James at Foosball. And Craig, while he's playing football, is wiring into the complimentary sandwiches while James wins. Get it right. Fucking up, you.
0: Well, James is eating them too. It's and cr- Brian is getting his hair cut at the same time.
1: It's Craig's birthday, apparently. Beth has made a massive cake, but Craig doesn't think he should eat it. Beth probes a bit about the pals that Craig has in the police force, but he downplays it. She's worried that his friends aren't really his friends after all. Hmm. And later, a shoplifter has robbed the cabin of all is its it fishing. Is it Craig's
0: birthday? I thought Craig had a birthday a couple of months ago. No, I don't think so. It, a, it La- was a big piece of rainbow cake. Did uh, you notice it was uh, rainbow cake?
1: Oh, see, this theory is... Continue. Later, a shoplifter has robbed the cabin of all its fishing magazines. Craig kind of gives chase, but it's, a, uh, but it's a fortuitous clunk with Kirk that forces the thief to drop her swag. Craig looks like he's about to have a heart attack. He's he been does. E- he's been eating cake, he says. And <laughs> he's been getting stuck at work. They've been calling him Ginger Beach Ball. And if I hadn't... No, GBB. GBB, which stands for Ginger Beach Ball. Yes. Imran and Toya come home to find Craig ready to go out for his run because he's going to get himself fit now yes again kirk lets it slip that craig has been bullied at work craig calls it banter but it's all going to change imran tells craig as he's leaving that he's going to smash it but once he's gone imran thinks that craig is going to die <laughs> it's <was>
0: hilarious <laughs> and and imran calls himself like the, the 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 peak masculinity or something condition
1: peak physical condition or something peak physical condition but doesn't he say it like yoda I thought you maybe said it like that. Anyway,
0: so so apparently he's who's he's, he's Kamel Nandiani under <laughs> under those plaid. It's
1: photoshopped. I'm telling you, <laughs> Craig is back and he's fucked. Toya thinks that she hasn't seen the or break a sweat in ages, which is more telling than I think. Yeah, Toya thinks.
0: that's what I was thinking too. I was like, wait uh, a second, you guys have been together for a while now. I would hope that he would have broken a sweat. Every every once in a while. And
1: she offers everyone up to Ron McCraig. Thanks for that, says Enran. And that's (laughs) as far as we get with that one.
0: That was cute. I love it. I love it. I love it when they're together. I love when they have scenes together. They're so adorable together. And I want more.
1: Our next quickie, Aggie's (laughs) Award. On Friday, it's Aggie's first day back at the health centre. She's excited about it. Ed calls her the comeback kid. Then James comes in revealing that he scored in training. Ed tries to build bridges, but James isn't interested and goes upstairs. Later, Ed tries to reach out to James, but James isn't interested. James has enough problems with his homophobic dad. Ed apologises for speaking to Danny, but Ed reckons that he's as scared as James is about coming out. James wants to get along, for mum's sake. So Aggie meets up with the family in the Rovers. Her first day went well, but not only that, she's only gone and won the Weatherfield Golden Heart Award for failing to save Robert.
0: Huzzah! So,
1: did Ali know? Even got a nomination for Actually Saving Hope.
0: Huzzah.
1: Ed is made up and Aggie looks embarrassed.
0: Ali can't win, he's the Joker.
1: Ed makes a grand announcement in the pub about Aggie and her reward. He proposes a toast to Weatherfield's golden heart. Drinks are on him. Aggie is not happy, but Ed is proud of his family. All his family asks James and then he leaves. So there's still some tension there, I think.
0: Yeah, because James says, I'll be nice to you, but only for mum's sake. Not for yours. Right. Because you suck.
1: Our penultimate storyline tonight. Jeez. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> On Friday. And, uh,
0: yeah. And we're not referring to Ali as the Joker.
1: <laughs> Nina and Carla are in Roy's flat. She's doing black sewing in the living room. Carla kind of objects to this and suggests that Nina goes out and mingles with her friends. Friends are overrated, says Nina. Nina. Also, Carla reveals that Roy is going out with these bat people. Carla tells Roy that she's worried about... He's going
0: out bat watching. I don't think he's going with people. Bat people,
1: no. Carla tells Roy that she's worried about Nina's interests. Roy is frustrated about Nina's habits with coffee cups. (laughs) I know how Roy feels. (laughs) Carla sticks up for Nina, saying that he's not easy to live with either. She should... Correct. She suggests that Nina tags along with Simon and his mates later. So at number one, Carla asks, asks Simon, Amy, and Asha what they've got planned for tonight.
0: Wasn't it nice to see Asha? and, and Yeah,
1: she's got over her, her skin thing and her therapy then.
0: Well, apparently she's in therapy, but we're never going to see it.
1: What a powerful storyline that was, and it just died a death.
0: Right, yeah, and it's just, okay, she's in therapy now, so let's move on to something else.
1: Sitting at number one, playing on your phone. Yeah. Oh, what a waste that was. That mm. was so good.
0: Well maybe he'll come back.
1: <sighs> Eventually Amy says that they're off to a gig in town and Carla asks them to take Nina with them. Simon reckons so, but Ash thinks that Nina's weird. But Amy seems to like her.
0: Yes. From the and she made this conclusion from the uh, from the bus trip. Remember the bus trip? Oh yeah. That's that's the first and last time Amy and Nina ever hung out. Right.
1: Nina though isn't too keen. She says that she'll swerve it. Carla was hoping that she'd look after the younger kids call it chaperoning Nina has stuff to turn in for her sewing PhD and she'd prefer to go back watching with Roy Carla thinks Nina is taking the piss but Nina convinces her otherwise
0: She also has a quip with uh, Carla about oh, so what you're saying is you want me to babysit them Right you're Like, no, 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 no To call it chaperoning
1: Carla catches Roy and the rovers Roy the rovers and tells him to come up and tells him to come with her Come along, they go back to the flat, and Carla introduces Roy to Nina. Roy and Nina are confused. Carla explains about the bat watching stuff that Nina is interested in, that Roy chooses to ignore. Carla thinks the two of them are winding each other up, although we've seen no evidence of this. Have at it, says Carla. Kind of confused about that. So Roy and Nina have a cocoa and agree that they're both mad, bad at communication, unlike bats. They come clean with each other, and Roy insists that Nina comes along with him. He'll make her some hot chocolate. And Haley's flask.
0: Oh, which is lovely. Get in
1: there. So later, they're outside in a little bat watching shed or whatever, and they're chatting as they watch for bats. Roy mentions that Nina is quite like Haley. Haley would have admired Nina, and Nina wishes that she'd known Haley. And she
0: makes a quip about, "Oh, so Haley used to wear black lipstick." Right.
1: <laughs> and then she recites "Bat" by D.H. Lawrence: twitch, a twitter, an elastic shudder in flight. And Roy recognises the poem and they recite the rest together. And Nina is impressed. Then Roy reveals his bat detector, which is this kind of sonar little thing mm. that picks up the the noises that the bats are making. Nina thinks it sounds like singing and she rests her head on his shoulder and he looks a little, a little uncomfortable for a second, but then quite proud.
0: Yes, it's nice.
1: I and mean, that's as far as we get with that this week.
0: I liked that. That was good. Yes. I do like when they slip in some poetry unless it's Jade talking to the gravestone of John Stapen
1: then I don't like it so much. I did not expect D.H. Lawrence to be quoted tonight. Do you know many other bat poems? No but I well I I know one. May (laughs) I recite it to you now?
0: Crack on.
1: Na -na -na Na 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 Batman. Na 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 Batman, 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 na 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 Batman. Thank you very much.
0: Powerful, very powerful.
1: Do you want to talk about this, or just want to just get through the final storyline? It's lovely that Nina and Roy, because. When she moved in, it seemed that Roy was really proud and I didn't mm-hmm. get a sense that Roy and Nina were kind of clashing until it was mentioned this week. That Carla thought that the two of them... Right, and Nina I mean made a
0: thing, made a comment too about how, you know, Roy really likes to be tidy and, and she gets the impression that Nina is not tidy. I don't know where she gets that impression from. Victorians were very tidy people. Right. And she's a Victorian goth.
1: Well, she's got her, her uh, fabrics all over the living room and the sewing machine and that. But
0: right, but not, Eileen doesn't a, know it's, that. It's not a
1: mess. It's
0: not a mess. And apparently there's some issue with the toothpaste. But Carla does the same thing that Nina does. So it's kind of manufactured annoyance, isn't it? It is.
1: But I'm glad it's kind of resolved very nice. quickly because the two of them watching for bats was just yeah, it was kind of beautiful a little bit.
0: My favourite bat poem. It's actually about baseball, so it's a different kind of bat.
1: Okay, well, you keep a hold of that until we have a baseball moment,
0: mm, which we never will because correct it's coordination.
1: Her <laughs> oh, final storyline tonight is Adam's <laughs> interference on Wednesday, which
0: really pissed me off.
1: It's, yeah, me too. Because Adam's storyline this week is is it's, positive,
0: right? It's supposed to stay positive,
1: but he's half of it. He's a dick.
0: seriously he's not considering the fact that he's putting other people physically in jeopardy why
1: does he even care about this anymore he's married to sarah now well and And, and and to give bethany her due she says at one point the only thing that adam cares about is getting one up on gary and she says that to sarah and she's right And then she makes that look that she makes.
0: And then, somebody at some point says to Adam this week, why do you care? And he says, well, because I want him behind bars for what he's done. But in order to do that, he seems to want him to cause physical bodily harm to other people in order for that to happen. I don't know. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So
1: Gary and Maria are discussing their day. Maria has a doctor's appointment to sort out her pill and he has an antiques fair, but he offers to to dingy it to go along with her and mm-hmm. then, he, then he doesn't Adam sees Gary in the rovers and winds him up about a chat that he had with Carla about Gary yesterday at the wedding amazing what those Connor girls talk about Gary's confused and Adam says he's just making conversation. stop being a dick Adam what are you doing then Maria's at the health centre and she's worried that she's running late and Gadass has had to go out to take a call and the replacement for her appointment is Dr Ali Ooh. fuck that says Maria I'll take the nurse
0: and Liz says, "Fine."
1: And later, Ali catches up with Marie on the street and repeats and repeats the same conversation that he's had with her a million and one oh, times before. Oh, this
0: frustrated me so much because he catches up to her and he's like, "Look, look, I just want to say one thing." And I was like, "Oh, finally, he's come to his senses. He's going to apologize here. They're going to make up and be friends again." Nope. No, nope. And I was hoping that because his hair has changed, have it you is, noticed? It's less jokerish. It's less jokerish. He looks so much better, and I was like, "Oh, good." This is a physical embodiment of him changing and becoming more sensible again.
1: No. No chance. No. Maria causes harassment. At home, Gary asks how it went to the doctor. And Maria says she was in and out in five minutes. And this seems to surprise Gary. And Maria thinks, are you calling me a liar? And Gary says, no, I just thought it would take longer than that. Then Adam thinks into the rovers beside Ali and buys the doctor a drink. Adam admires Ali's pluck, he says. After what Carla said. And Ali's confused. Adam thinks that he's playing with fire. If Gary found out... Mm. and Ali pretends not to know what he's talking about and then admits that it only happened once and Adam nods, understandingly, but he's kind of thinking,
0: uh-huh
1: I've managed to weasel this out Mm you because I'm a smart lawyer. Right, yeah
0: and I'm pretending to be your friend but I'm really not.
1: Ali says that Maria doesn't love Gary and that she's only with him out of duty. He reveals that he nearly told Gary about the little tryst that they had, but he couldn't do that to her so on Friday, Gary turns up at an old guy's house with a St. George flag flying outside his house and the guy invites Gary in, ignoring the German shepherd barks. Later, Gary's loading up the van with the poor guy's belongings. The, this guy wants 200 quid for it all, but Gary's only going to give him 150.
0: The I think g- that guy voted would leave.
1: <clears throat> yeah, he's definitely a Brexit guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The guy reveals that a woman is wanting pay today. After, and at that, Sharon turns up. <laughs> She's a what? woman, would you believe it? It's nice to see Sean again. It is. So Sean and Gary but where's Carol? are sitting in the van. She says that she needed money, so that's why she's back in the game. Not that game, this game. She's been keeping tabs on him, and Gary wants to give the furniture back to the old couple, and Sian is surprised that Gary's such a soft touch after breaking Brick and the Chin to death. Gary reveals that he's still paying the daughter tuition, Sharon offers to go 50-50 with Gary, but he says it's clean now. She wonders if he has Rick the Chin's client list. He says not, and so Sharon leaves. Later, Adam and Gary bump into each other on the street and share some uh, pittany-based banter. What's this about, says Gary? No hard feelings about Sarah, says Adam. They shake, and then Adam reveals that he's been chatting to Gary's good friend, Ali. He tells Gary to ask about Valentine's Day. The afternoon delight, he says. Star rockets in flight. Boom. Afternoon delight. Uh, uh,
0: afternoon, afternoon delight.
1: delight. <laughs> it seems like Maria. <laughs> it seems like Maria's running rings round that Gary. Later in the gunnel, Gary kicks fuck it with a, wheel, a wheelie bin and then dings a call from Maria. Gary drops in on Ryan. He's armed with a heavy wrench. He needs to. Some information from Ryan is Ali carrying on with Maria behind his back, and Ryan claims that he knows nothing. Gary believes him, but if he finds out that Ryan's been lying, there'll be a wrench to the brain thing happening. Then Ryan catches up with Ali walking home. Ryan tells him that Gary knows about him and Maria. Ryan warns that Gary has just lost it, but Ali says he's not scared of Gary Windass. Ryan reminds Ali that this isn't just about him, it's about Maria, and it's also about Ryan. Ryan advises Ali to go away and lie low for a while, and Ali seems to agree. Then, privately, Gary is round the corner, and he overhears all this. everything. Corners. Adding plot lines since Pythagoras thought, Hey, I've noticed something interesting about right angles. (laughs) Gary arrives at the rovers to see Maria. And Maria is all over him and smooching, but Gary remains distant. Maria toasts the two of them. And later, Maria is pished as a fart as she gets Gary back to the flat. She wants her hole, but he thinks that he should get some food in first. She goes off for a piss, and then Gary calls Sharon, offering the client list if she'll do him a favour. And that's how we end this week's episodes.
0: Yeah, that favour is too. <laughs> off Dr. Ali.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I assume that's what that's about. Correct. Oh, we got there. We did. We, we ploughed through that. That was a lot of stuff that happened this week.
0: <laughs> what? Sounds like a Sunday night.
1: We just. <laughs> we just. <laughs> we grin and bear it. We go through it.
0: That's a Monday. <laughs>
1: Do you think this is Gary back on the
0: back on the evil track? Yes.
1: Right. When, because when now he brings he's... that
0: monkey wrench into
1: like that was a and he he, the... he takes a swipe at the desk or something with it at, doesn't at, he?
0: Yeah, yeah, and hits the where where uh, Ryan's hand is right by the uh, the um, cutting board where Ryan is trying to prepare a curry for Alia
1: by, for some by poking a wok with a piece of wood. Yeah. Lovely. That's that's how you make a curry. So bad guy Gary is now back in cahoots with Sharon. Right. And there's mention of the daughter. Yes, right. Rick the um, Chin's daughter.
0: Gary, Gary is still paying Rick the Chin's daughters. How is he doing that?
1: I don't know, but that seems like a little reminder that Rick the Chin had a daughter.
0: And it's, Rick the Chin is dead and Sharon knows that Gary killed Rick the Chin.
1: Right. So this this is good because it's all coming back to that yes. that bit in the forest that we we thought that we were going to get close to a few weeks ago when Irish Tina had went missing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we thought, well, this seems ooh, like we're going to go ooh, back they're to the, go forest. In the woods
0: and but find the deceased Rick the Chin.
1: So oh. it feels like we're maybe getting a little bit closer to that, happening, Which excites me mm, quite a bit.
0: Yes, it would be it would be great. I to like the idea of that. To get back to some of these things that have been lying dormant for a while, right? Mwah.
1: That's a Tuesday night. <laughs> what was your moment of the week? I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have. You know, we had a very lovely wedding this week.
1: Now we've had it weddings before, very beautiful, and we've said the wedding has to be the moment of the week, right? That's however, what we said in the past.
0: However. <laughs> Because I am a softie for D.H. Lawrence, and because I am a softie for Nina and Roy, I'm I'm going to have to say sitting in the shed listening to bats, and reciting D.H. Lawrence. That's that's got to be the moment of the week for me.
1: This might be the third time that the two of them have got moment of the week. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just it's I'm just at saying. least
0: the second.
1: The might be the third. The peeking through the so letterbox. Th- yes. That's at least one. Yes. This might not just be the second, actually. Yeah,
0: I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, th- I think this was the second. It's got to be. Yeah, that's our. I loved that. Yeah, me too.
1: I enjoyed the wedding. The wedding an was awful pretty. Lot.
0: But there was just too much but, Daniel but, in it.
1: And what's that a moment in it that just elevated it from everything else? Well, again,
0: this would probably be uh, a recitation of literature. Only, unfortunately, it's Daniel who's reciting it and making the wedding all about himself. So we just can't give it to him. No, no. That's no, it's yeah, that's our moment of the week. Yes. What is? Uh, Nina and Roy is our.
1: Nina and Roy doing what?
0: Reciting D. H. Lawrence well, is we'll our. Say it all. Oh God, you make me work so hard for it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's Wednesday. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say that. You beat me to it.
1: (laughs) That's Thursday night.
0: (laughs) Come on, Roy and Nina, resetting D.H. Lawrence is our moment Moment of the week. week.
1: Moment of the week. Our boring moment of the week. Now you have something written down for this, I think, don't you?
0: Jenny's birthday.
1: Oh god, I didn't even mention that.
0: Right, because it was so boring.
1: It was quite funny though because she said to Emma she says Emma to said Emma. How old Emma said, How old are you?
0: And Jenny she says, Well guess. how
1: old do you think I'm? Fifty eight?
0: And she walks away. And I'm like, is is fifty eight a bad guess? Because we still don't know. We still don't know how old she is.
1: She's not nearly sixty. Are you sure? Yes. Because Johnny's gotta be sixty. Oh, but Johnny's much, much older than she is. Not much, 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 much older. I not would say. Much, 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 much older. Much. I would say much, much. Yes, not much. Still, much, much.
0: Jenny's Jenny had a birthday, and barely anybody said anything about it. Nobody
1: not give a shit. Nobody, Nobody
0: shit. cared. So that's our
1: boring moment of the week. Boring moment of the week. <laughs> Okay, shall we wrap this one up? I should manage to get this done quicker than I thought we were going to, because I wrote tons of notes here.
0: That's Thursday.
1: No. That's Friday. That's Friday.
0: We wrap it up quicker than we thought we would. That's a Friday. <laughs> that's every day. Oh. <laughs> Tell it on yourself there, Broom. No. <laughs>
1: if you've gone hunting for bats with hot chocolate and used a detector to segue into the works of D.H. Lawrence please use Sonar to drop us a message we are the Street at gmail.com on email, the same address on Skype for voicemail and that same address yet again on Paypal should you feel compelled to yep, I kind of like this podcast here's a couple of bucks otherwise we're at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, thank you so much for making it to the end of another episode we will be back next week with more Talk of the Street bye, cheerio
0: This episode was brought to you by Donahue Solicitors, an award-winning firm of expert compensation claims lawyers. Donahue Solicitors represents claimants throughout England and Wales in their civil actions against the police, data breach, personal injury, and professional negligence claims. To start your compensation claim, go to www.donahue-solicitors.co.uk or call 08000-124-246 today.